Gonzaga Nation SI rolls on. It's hard to believe this is the third week of games in WCC play. After a home game demolishing of Pepperdine, they went on the road for two wins, USF and Santa Clara. They're on the road for a third road game in a row against BYU and then home against the Pilots of Portland, who, quite frankly, are struggling after some bright spots in November. But first up, Mo. Uh, great to have you join. Let's talk about BYU because that is always a fun atmosphere and a difficult challenge, regardless if BYU is poised to finish towards the top of the league or they're middle of the pack. Yeah, it's a, it's a hostile environment. I think it's the best presentation in the league by far. If you go to a game there, um, it's got an NBA atmosphere, but it, it's not uh, you know that professional or whatever, and they do a good job of getting those students hyped crowd's always good it's usually sold out um mark pope does a good job of a good brand of basketball so you know we've had some stinkers in there you know com- with us blowing them out but also they try to win they don't play you know to to not to get blown out if that makes sense so it's a usually a fun game to watch fun game to call looking forward to it they started five and five this year got up to 12 and five three and one in league lost to lmu but in their minds, we're three and zero. They're three and three and one. Obviously, if they can beat us, they'll be tied for first with a tiebreaker um, in league. So it's going to be a big game for them. Last year in the league in the WCC, obviously it's well documented. They're going to the Big Twelve. Um, you know they haven't had much success uh, against us, and I know it's kind of a rivalry. So it's going to be fun um, to see what they kind of bring out. And uh, yeah, it's always a hostile environment. I like going to it. I know you kind of had a little smirk on your face when you say they're going to the Big 12 and they haven't had the success. You know, I've had to answer that question delicately to a number of people in the past. Like, because when BYU came in, they kind of had this persona and this this approach that, hey, we're we're taking over the WCC and that hasn't happened. Um, You know, they've challenged, but they haven't overcome the king being Gonzaga. St. Mary's has consistently finished higher. Um, but they're moving to the Big 12. And I've talked to a number of other college coaches uh, on the West Coast um, that, that follow all the teams. And they said there's been a definite shift in the last year and a half uh, in the type of players that BYU recruits to get ready for the Big 12. When you look at a WCC player and how you would recruit versus a Big 12 uh, program and how you would want to recruit and prepare, what would you see or what would your main action points be? Well, I think – First, you know, the size and strength, and I know that sounds funny, but if you just go top to bottom and you look at, like, when we played Texas and we played a bunch of Big 12, Big 10 type teams, it just looks like a a bigger athlete in general, you know, just top to bottom from your wing players, from your guards, and then obviously like a team like Baylor. I mean, you know, remember Baylor, how strong they were from top to bottom. I think that's the biggest difference when you go down from our teams and our conference to our still good teams. We had three you know, NCAA tournament teams last year was a three-bid league. Um, but if you look at just airport, walking through the airport, you'd be like, that's a basketball team. That's maybe a, a basketball team type of deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it, it's just a different athlete and, and um, you know, a different type of player, I guess. It's more bruiser. I would always argue maybe the West Coast Conference guys are a little bit more skilled from top to bottom, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but then also – you know, the athleticism from those big, uh, big programs is such a different uh, beast and animal. And we saw it this year with Purdue. I know that's a big 10 team, but we saw it with Purdue. And then obviously when we went to Texas, 
I mean, there was athletes all over that floor. Not that we aren't athletic, but it was like one through 12 on that, on that team is probably, you know, a highly touted uh, recruit. Um, so it, it's just a different uh, ball of wax, I think, in general. Yeah, I, I like a lot of your breakdown there. I think the WCC has tremendously skilled players, but the size and the athleticism and, and the length is much bigger and greater at these other conferences. You know, it's so funny to me when people talk about, oh, you know, this player can fit in this league because of that or this. Yeah, there are some guys, but then, you know, I think basketball skill can alleviate a lot of the differences in athleticism. You're a, a testament to that. I'm a testament to that, where if you can find the guy that has both, now you got a problem. And I think Gonzaga has found the guys that are most athletic at the WCC and the most skilled for the WCC. And so that's one reason they've been such a problem. Um, you know, with, with BYU, are, are you going to be calling the game in person? Yeah, I'll be there. So, so you're back on the road. So my guess is you'll have a good chance. Uh, you'll have a chance to connect with our, our good friend, Phil McCarthy, the namesake of the McCarthy Athletic Center. Uh, he might be the the most influential supporter of Gonzaga basketball, but he also might be the biggest and most knowledgeable fan. I always love catching up with Phil and, and talking shop with him. Do you have plans to, uh, to grab dinner before or after the game? Yeah, usually we uh... – after the game, we go, he has an office downtown in Salt Lake. We usually, me and Huddy go and just throw a few back with him. And it's, it's fun. Cause he always has stories. He's uh, not a BYU fan. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> yes. So when we win, it's always fun. To, the, the beers get flowing a little bit and the stories. Uh, he's a big Utah supporter, university of Utah supporter. So there's the, there's the divide. If people are, you know, yeah. listening, understand like there it's either your Utah or BYU and you hate the other side. So um, just to give a little context of his fandom, but yeah, he's a, a fantastic individual has done a lot for the, you know, Gonzaga basketball in general, but just the university. And you're exactly right. Like he can talk about games from the sixties and seventies. I'm like, Phil, man, like, I don't, I have no clue who you're talking about. I mean that in the nicest way, but I'm just like, dude, I, I wasn't even alive. My parents weren't even together then, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but it, it's fun. It, it's fun to go down there. Like I said, hostile atmosphere. Um, it's going to be a fun game. They always play us well for the most part there. And um, hopefully our guys can get three wins on the road. We'll just quickly touch on the second game of the week, and that's a home game against Portland. Um, you and I have slightly deferring views on, on, on that program. Um, you know, you being growing up in Gonzaga, land in Spokane probably changes how I look at it because I grew up in Portland, 15, 20 minutes from campus. I almost went to Portland out of high school, almost went there uh, before transferring to Gonzaga. They tried to re-recruit me. But Shante Leggins, I think, is doing a nice job, although – They've kind of fallen off a cliff since a tremendous start uh, in non-conference. You know, just give me your quick thoughts on on this game and the Portland program as a whole. Well, it's going to be interesting because, um, like you said, they played well in the PK80. They they took Carolina to down to the wire, and then they almost beat Michigan State, lost by one. So it was a really good program building type of weekend. Even though you didn't win, if you got to take steps, um, especially if you're a smaller program like Portland, so. It was interesting to see. It was like, oh, maybe they have a chance to be kind of middle of the pack or, you know, finish in the top three in our league. And then, like you said, they've kind of fallen off the cliff. Play an interesting style. Um, he gets them going up and down. They play fast. 
They try to be physical. Um, so it is kind of usually a chippy game between Gonzaga and Portland, and it was like that when he was at Eastern. Uh, so I always just view it as it's, it's fun to watch and it's fun to see what happens because it gets uh, both, you know, where both uh, teams and benches are kind of talking. If you remember last year, Fuey left his starters in with about a minute to go. Do you remember that? And we yeah. were up 30. So there's kind of this a little bit, it's not, you know, bad blood in a, in a sense of like, you know, trying to embarrass somebody, but like, it's one of those where like, Hey, you guys need to just go back over to where you came from. And, and um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it's fun because it gets a little bit chippy. He's done a great job of elevating that program. I don't blame him for le uh, leaving Eastern Washington. He had that program elevated and, you know, that's a, you know, a story for later podcast that, you know, if, if the athletic department votes to kill sports or whatever the university and it almost passes, I would have left too. That's my point. Um, so um, it'll be interesting to see what type of team shows up. Cause like you said, they've struggled in the last month and a half. Well, it's an opportunity for Gonzaga to move to five and O in league and, and put a stranglehold um, uh, on the top, bring um, as conference play continues to move on. Last question, Mo, before uh, we jump off is uh, you and I both had injuries where we missed a long stretch, a full season. Chet Holmgren as a rookie is in that stretch right now. He got hurt this summer playing in uh, the Seattle Pro-Am League. Uh, from everything I've read is he's going to miss the entire season this year. The, the Thunder are just going to take things slow with him which is the right call in my opinion, but you know, it's a grind as a pro, but it's a grind even more so as a rookie because you've never been through it. Now you throw on the fact that he's working through being a rookie and working through rehab for a, for a long injury uh, recovery. What was yours like? And what do you think is going through his head? And, and what are your, what would your advice be for someone in that position? Well, I, I view this year kind of as a redshirt year for him. It could be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt, but they'll have an opportunity to see what the grind is like in the NBA. He'll have an opportunity to maybe build up his body a little bit more, have an extra year to do that. Um, the the injury that he had is kind of a scary one, if we're being frank. It's, you know, one of the tendons on your foot, and everybody knows you need your feet and the explosiveness in your toes to play basketball. So hopefully it gets better. Um you know, like I said, you just got to try to get the silver lining out of it. You can, like I said, work on your body. You can understand the ins and outs of an NBA season. Um, and I think he's going to do that and come back stronger. And, um, you know, hopefully the Thunder understand that it's a long process for him. Um, I think he has a chance to be, a, you know, a all-star type of all-star type of player in the NBA. But also I think he has a chance to be, you know, one of the best rim protectors. And so, that is of such a value for any team. Hopefully they'd let him heal, let him get back right. He could be a you know, contributor on that uh, franchise. When I got hurt with Boston about 20 games in, in, in mid December, my season was over, tore my Achilles. There's no coming back uh, that season. Uh, I went back home because there's not a lot of rehab that I could do, um, you know, for an Achilles tear after surgery, you just take about six weeks just to let the body heal. So I went away. I wasn't around the team the rest of that season. There was positives and negatives to that. What was your rehab like with an ACL? Were you around the team or did you go somewhere else to do rehab? 
a little bit of both. I went home for a little bit and then obviously rehabbed in Charlotte. I, I didn't travel to every road. I did some of them, but I didn't travel to all of them, especially early on after the surgery. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's tough um, because you miss the locker room, you miss the camaraderie, and then you're, you're, you're thrown into a routine that you're not used to. Um, you know, but then it's nice if you can be able to get away and it kind of alleviates some of the sting of not being out there when you're sitting and watching the court side all the time. So I think it's a pros and cons to that approach. And hopefully they allowed him to, you know, obviously be around his family, but then get back into the fold. Like I said, once you get to a certain level, you do need to travel. So you understand the grind of that. You need to be around their doctors and their trainers, um, doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, it's tough. But there's, uh, you know, it's just part of the business and you got to work through it. Yeah, well, we wish him nothing but the best of luck uh, because it's hard as an athlete and a competitor to miss time. But, um, Mo, great episode again. Look forward to uh, next week in where we recap the BYU and UP games. And who knows, maybe our calendars will actually align and we can sit in person again because uh, it's great doing them on Zoom, but there's something a little better about being in person and talking basketball uh, because I know as much as I like basketball, you like basketball, talking basketball is a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely.